think we should start by addressing the elephant in the room. That would be the reason we didn't do this podcast sooner. Because I came down with the flu. So if there's anything you want to get off your chest about me coming down with the flu, I would start with that. <laughs> not the flu, not a cough, because I got the flu shot. Yes. But, yeah, so, you know, we're big vaccinators over here. We are not the anti-vax crew, sorry. And, except for Josh, apparently he's the anti-vax crew. So, we've all gotten the flu shot. I had the flu shot, the kids had the flu shot, and I reminded Josh, I mean, it had to have been about weekly, right? At some point it was daily. The flu shot was not taken by me. <laughs> no, I mean, we don't really have to go in why I didn't get it. Just the fact that I didn't get it. I just felt like super stressed out at that point. I didn't feel like I had the time to like leave in the middle of the day. And I don't know. It was, it, there was no like justifiable reason other than I didn't feel like I could. Which looking back on it now is totally stupid. Because I should have got <laughs> Because I got the flu. Right. Yes. And not only that, so the timing was really on point for the whole thing, too. Josh and my birthdays are four days apart. I mean, we're a year apart. Josh is a year older. But so my birthday is February 17th. This is February 21st. And, I, and we were playing this weekend. We booked a hotel away, like, in, you know, by the beach near where we live for our birthdays. And we weren't going to drive to our presents or anything because this is going to be, like, our weekend away together. That, that was our present. We're going to go have like, a nice dinner and we're going to go stay in the hotel. Well, and my parents were going to come up and watch the kids, too. So, and they were going like, to celebrate with us. They were going to bring us presents. Like, we were going to have dinner with them, too, the night before. And Friday night comes around and Josh, like, starts kind of getting some cold symptoms. It wasn't even Friday night. It was, like, Saturday morning. Like, early, early morning. Yeah. So, Friday afternoon, I had to go pick up Josie because she had, our three-year-old had some flu symptoms so she had had it yeah but but she had had it and it was kind of we thought she was over it and then you know it got a little bit worse so you took her to the doctor she got actually did a test for the flu and came back positive Yeah, long story short, she had the flu for like a week. It was yeah. not very – she had it very mild, obviously, because because she had the flu shot, I think. Also, Whatever. So she had it mild. So I went to go – actually, you took her in the morning, and then you dropped her off at my work in the round lunchtime, and then I brought her home, and I was with her for the last few hours of the day. And I thought, you know, no big deal, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just watched her. 
She kept trying to like she kept trying to like lick her fingers and then stick them in my mouth, like into my mouth. And I'm like, "Why are you doing that?" I just, I just don't even know why she was doing it. But it was just like mm. And then she would just stick her fingers like in my face. No, I was at that I wasn't I was holding her because she was sick, but I wasn't when she was trying to stick her licked fingers into my face. I, you know, I was like, "No, don't do that" because I was like, "Oh no, you know, this is going to get me sick." So I woke up on Saturday morning and had like a scratchy throat. Oh, so bring on the 100 plus degree fever. At one point it was like 103 for like half a day. Uh, I could not get out of the bed. It was severe body aches. Uh, I was just drinking fluids all day, every day. I got through Saturday and maybe a couple hours of Sunday morning and then I decided, no, I need to Google any type of of uh, uh, health care that may be open on a Sunday. I found an urgent care about 40 minutes away from our house, drove there, got diagnosed, just so I could get a script and go get Tamiflu. Uh, and, and uh, yeah, so so there was no way I was going to be going to the hotel, right. despite my best efforts. And I was not, I was not a good sport. Of <laughs> Yeah. No, you didn't fetch me anything. Will you get me something downstairs? Oh, you mean you brought Tylenol yeah, upstairs to me? Tylenol. You did not leave the house to get me anything. I I remember. Maybe Saturday morning, I went and got a whole bunch of Gatorade because I knew I was going to need it, and I just started drinking it all day. And then Sunday, I drove myself to urgent care. Like, I went to the grocery store and got remedies and stuff on my own. Left the house to go get my prescriptions. It was not good. It was not good. But that's all I would leave that I left the house for. Otherwise, I was laying down in bed. Right. And, and Sunday was my birthday, right? It was Sunday or Monday? I think it was Sunday. Anyway, so my birthday. It was Sunday. So- Yes. Yes. Kind of. I don't know. Dante had a hundred and three point eight fever one afternoon. Yeah. Josh's birthday, 
to be home with her. Yeah. It was a crazy week. So, I mean, the reason we bring this up, number one, we watched this movie. Today we're in, we're reviewing Avengers: Age of Ultron. We actually watched the movie the Thursday before Josie got diagnosed with the flu. Oh, that was <laughs> it was so we watched it, and we were gonna the day that she came home uh, sick with me. I think we were going to do either do the podcast that day or the next day which was would have been saturday but that was when we were going to the hotel i don't know but we had watched it right before everybody got sick and then everyone got sick and it was you know i couldn't even talk for a couple of days so there was no way we were going to do a podcast so i bring that up to apologize we had been getting on a more regular schedule with podcasts it was great so i was excited to keep it keep the momentum going um and then number two the other reason why i bring it up is because it's totally ironic and hilarious because you begged me over and over to get that flu shot i just blew it off and then at the worst possible moment there could not have been a worse moment for me to get the flu the the weekend that you had booked us a romantic getaway and it totally got <laughs> ruined luckily there's that Mm-hmm. So, we'll yeah. Well, I'm I am surviving, but I'm in the doghouse and hot water. I'm in the hot water doghouse. So, so our anniversary is coming up in two months, and yes, I'm expecting something good. Just for mm-hmm. the record, I hope everyone's hearing me now. <laughs> uh, no, I, yes, I want a present. I would like a trip. Um, it's our tenth anniversary it's our too. 10th It's a secret. It's a secret surprise. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a secret surprise. We'll reveal it. We'll reveal it as we get closer. Is it really a surprise? Mm-hmm. A secret surprise. It's a flu shot. It's the it's the 2019 flu shot for me. Uh. No, for next year. For next it's a, it's going to be a certif- gift certificate for the flu shot for next year. <laughs> yeah. Or else. Or else what happened to me could happen to you. Yeah. Uh, it was not. Because I felt so embarrassed that I got the flu. And then I tried to tough it out because I knew it was a, you know, I was ruining your birthday. <laughs> And I just, it was like, there was nothing I could do. Yeah, it was, it was impossible. It was literally impossible for me to overcome it. I tried my best. I failed. I failed on so many levels. It was, it was such an embarrassment. I couldn't even do that. No, that Sunday was the worst day that I had it. It was, that was the day I it was 103.2 for half a day and, um, was ha- was really struggling. So yeah. yeah, we sang the next day. You were like, "Here's the funniest thing of the whole thing." It was your idea to not do gifts. It was your idea. You said, "Let's not do gifts. Let's just go to the hotel." I'm like, "Okay." 
And then when it ended up we weren't going to the hotel, like the day of your birthday, you woke up and I was feeling the worst ever that day. And you woke up and it was clear, obviously, we weren't going to the hotel. <laughs> you woke up and you were like, gosh, dang it. I'm not even going to get a present either. Like you, it had just dawned on you because you were expecting a present. Like you woke up on Sunday thinking at least, oh, my birthday sucks, but at least I'm getting a present. And then you remembered that it was your idea to not have presents. Yeah, I myself. Like, then, I, then I started like crying and I was like, I want all the presents. Like, I was like, I want Effie diamonds. Yes. I, I was kind of serious. No, you were 100% serious. Yeah, you wanted diamonds. I think you shouted, give me diamonds. Mm-hmm. It was really hard. But Josh yeah. also remember Tom's gonna start working out. So mm-hmm. Like, so. Mm-hmm. P ninety scrogs coming at you. Yeah. Um so with this week we, we, we rewatched Avengers Age of Ultron. So we watched it a second time because it had been now a week and a half or two weeks since we watched it. So there's no way we would have been able to give a, a worthwhile review without watching it again. Um, so we watch it again. It first came out in 2015, early summer of 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, what to say about about it? We will, but I just want to introduce it real quickly. This was like the follow up to the 2012 Avengers. We did see this in the theater together. Here's what I wanted to say about it: the reason we have this podcast is because you went with me to theater to watch this movie. Um, so we went to the theater, we watched it, and the next day after seeing it, you made some sort of comment, and I wish I had recorded it then, but you made some sort of comment about the movie, and it sounded like really off. It sounded really weird. You said, no, you didn't sleep through it. You watched it in the theater with me, but you said something just odd about the movie, and it made me ask you. Like, um, what do you, we were driving a car or something and I said, wait, what do you think happened in the, that movie yesterday? <laughs> and then you told me like what you thought the plot was like, you know, what you thought the story was. And I just sat there listening to you and how ridiculous it sounded, like how, how differently you perceived the movie than the way I perceived it. And that's when I, you know, when I fell off the chair and had the vision of the flux capacitor uh, being the key to time travel. Because I was like, this is a podcast. Like, this is totally a podcast or a YouTube thing or something. You giving a synopsis of the superhero movies is like comedy gold. That's when I... (laughs) Yeah. That's I was like, we should record this. And I don't remember anything specific about what you said, just that... You know, it's like the way you do it every time we do the podcast. You talk about what you, how you viewed it. Well, not just no clue what actually happened. You just view it through this totally different prism than I see it. Or a comedy geek. It's fine. I'm, I am kind of a comedy geek, but, but yeah, not, not a comedy Yeah. So that was really the genesis for this whole idea, was yeah. this movie, was how, how you felt about it the day after watching it. So, yeah. Um, 2015, what was happening around this time? We'll take it from about, like, January to 
um, maybe May and talk about what was going on. There was two big things in our life that happened in this time frame. Um, and number one, we'll just get through it because it's probably the more boring of the two. But I got out of the news. I left the newsroom after being a journalist for, what, about 13 years, including, you know, the times I was working part-time when I was in college. Um, I I quit being a journalist and came over to work for the man, started doing PR, advertising, and marketing, and social media. Um, and so the, the interesting thing about this is the way, one of the ways I prepare for this podcast is I go back and look at our Google photos and I look at our family photos and what's happening. And right around this time, that's when you see the stark contrast where it goes from just a bunch of family photos and kids, 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 to all of a sudden a bunch of work photos from my new job. So like, <laughs> yeah, so I have to take lots of photos of my job. So, so now it's like a bunch of work photos. It just totally consumed my, my Google photos life. Um, and and, you know, that was, it was a big move for us, I think, because now we were both out of the news. You'd been doing PR for a f- couple of years at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but we kind of left journalism behind and moved on. So I think I already talked about my thoughts on leaving journalism. What, what were your thoughts on leaving journalism then and, and now? Um, my thought at the time was that I really felt like journalism was important. And this was pre you know, Trump and all that. And the message that I tried to give to the people I was leaving behind in the newsroom was keep doing good work because it's important. What you're doing is important. Um, We need good journalists. We need good journalism. We need good decision making. The public, when I say we, that's what I'm talking about, the public, we need we need people to hold others accountable, whether it be whether it be in the corporate world, in the government world, um, whatever it whatever field we're talking about. Um, we need a free press to to be the watchdogs to hold people accountable to do investigative reporting. I got into the news in the beginning to be an investigative reporter. I ended up going into sports, um, but I did a lot of investigations too. And, and, and yeah, that was, that was what I said to everybody. Like, you know, I can't do this anymore, but you know, it's important what you're doing. Um, And I think it was, I think that message was well received Uh, as per, as far as personally, um, I got into the news, not to become rich, you know, or, you know, famous. I did it because it was a passion um, profession. And so I was worried that when I left, I wasn't going to have this, you know, the same kind of passion for my work, but, um, I'm still able to be creative and, um, passionate about the things that I do. So, um, and, and, you know, and I find creative outlets here and there, um, to, when I want to be creative. So, Yeah. Well, you can raise a family. I mean, we could have been if we just stayed in the news. No, if we stayed in the news, we did. We saved a lot of money. I mean, we saved a big chunk of our down payment. 
like on our own and we got to help we got help from the parents and we talked about that last time like how hard it is for millennials to like buy property without help from their parents we did get that help that we needed but we also saved a big chunk too we maybe maybe we aren't able to afford a second kid you know if we stay as journalists so we just have one kid but you can you can do it I don't think we were struggling. I don't think we were struggling. We also live in an area where the the real estate is very highly priced. You know, who's to say if we were in a different area, it wouldn't have been, you know, a different story. So, you know, we. I think you, yeah, you're not going to get rich. You're not going to be in the upper class. But I think we were doing okay for ourselves. We just... We just, I think we came to a time period in the industry where um, there was no further opportunities to move up because all the people above us were shrinking. All of the, all of the big, bigger pawns in journalism, the bigger papers and, and news organizations were contracting and the people who were being shed from those news organizations were going down to the lower levels and taking all the jobs there so we were at a kind of a mid lower to mid level there's no way to move up because every time a job came up that was above our level all these people who were laid off from the la times were applying and who are you going to hire you know so i just came to the realization that like you know the, every job i would ever apply for moving up the chain i was also going to be competing against all these people from bigger markets that were recently laid off that that just had the qualifications, you know, edge advantage over me just because of name recognition. So it's like, well, why don't I go somewhere that I can use my skills? They're going to be valued, and you know, it ended ended up being a smart decision for us, I think. So, anyways, uh, the uh, that get that out of the way. The other thing, the more exciting thing, was you learned something very exciting about our second child so you're like just to preface this let's say in may you were what like six six months pregnant so when this movie comes out yeah so this movie comes out you're seven months pregnant Mm -hmm. at some point in the either the month or two prior or right around this time we went yeah You just you, spoilers. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, we already referenced that we had a girl, but like you talk talk about oh talk about that's a terrible way to start a question. I know. Oh yeah, talk about how it feels. <laughs> but here's let me set the set the stage a little bit. So you know we had a boy. We were only going to have one more. We kind of decided that was it. And you, we talked about this on the last podcast, but you wanted a girl. And so fast forward to the day where, before, where you're going to find out um, what, what the sex is. We're going to go into the ultrasound. And you were hounding me too. Like, like what do you think it's going to be? You think it's going to be a boy? What were the results of that poll? 
Yeah. We'd already had that, but we could not agree on a boy's name. Like, I like Drake the rapper name. Josh wanted, like... Bobby, Bobby Drake. Drake. I was like, this one's like a porn star or like a baseball player. Or I don't know what, but no. It's Iceman from the X-Men. Okay, yeah. We could not agree. Vance Astro was another one. Well, I was just throwing out, uh, yeah, I was on board with it, but I was just throwing out all these boys' names because I was convinced it was a girl. I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything because I I thought it was going to be a girl, but I didn't, you know, I was very superstitious about, like, n- like um, saying you want a certain thing. I, did, I didn't really, but I just wanted to be politically correct. And so anytime anybody asked me, no, I don't think I did. But I wanted it to be a girl because I knew you would be more happy um and maybe that's what shaded my opinion about it but or my, or my you know my feelings but i felt the whole time that it was going to be a girl and i didn't but i didn't say anything because i didn't want to get your hopes up i just wanted to just be flatlined you know like so i just took it straight up and down like anytime anybody asked i was like it's okay whatever it, you know i don't i don't have a feeling one way or the other but the whole time i was feeling girl I just didn't say anything. Then the day before, the night before we were going to go to the appointment, you asked me and you said, what do you think? And finally I caved and I said, I think girl. Yes, but yeah, you didn't say anything like emotion or like conviction or anything. Um, I would say this boy, and no matter what it was, you were going to stop it too. Yes. Because we weren't going to just have this big like hoping for. Why did you want a girl so bad? I don't know. I didn't really want one of each. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't just that I wanted a girl. I had already had my boy. Mm-hmm. Um, What do you want to do with a girl? Girl thing. No, I don't know. I mean, yeah, true. You know, a girl could be fully into sports, not all girly, you know, whatever. I, I believe girls can do anything, you know. Um, but I, I don't know. I, it's hard to put my finger on. I guess I just hoped deep down I just wanted someone like a little kind of me, you know, <laughs> a girl to spend time with. And like, a, I mean, you get it because him and Josh and Dante are very similar. They're, they're boys, you know, and both of our kids are pretty gender, I don't know what the word is, like, Dante's a boy, a stereotypical boy. Yeah. And you, a you, stereotypical girl. N- not the stereotypical girl, the girliest girl the you could pop- possibly have. She told me today, when we were, I was getting her dressed, she just talks, 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 talks. I'm getting her dressed, putting her clothes on, she's just like explaining things about her clothes items to me. And she's like, I, I, my favorite color is pink and purple. That, those are the only colors I like because they're so sparkly. And this just came out of her. I didn't prompt it, or I'm not even. I'm, I'm literally changing her clothes in silence. Like I'm not even talking to her, and she's just sitting there telling me how much she loves pink and purple, purple and sparkly things. Yeah. <laughs> she does like Rihanna dances. She likes to watch Umbrella, the Umbrella video on TV. She's just like very, like, like I, I'm not even like this girl, but like she, you can say that she's like Josh's mom and grandma and, 
She's always been very fashion conscious. So is that what you wanted when you were saying, like, I want a girl? You wanted a homie. Yeah, I get it. So... Yeah. So day of, we go to the doctor's office. What do you remember about going to that doctor's office? Yeah. I did not want to cut the cupcake and wait for the, you know, or the balloons to come out of the box or anything. That's fine anyway. I don't really get the, and maybe this just shows how old I am, but I don't really get the gender reveal party thing. Do people care that much what you're having? It seems, it seems so self-indulgent. Yes. Like, yeah, like, I'm sorry other people, but I don't care if you're going to have a boy or a girl. Just right. have whichever one, like, and then get, and then whatever, take yeah. care of it. Yeah, <laughs> raise it not to be an a hole. <laughs> yeah, I'm all good with parties. I just I don't get the that part of it. Yeah, just have a party and be like, we're having a baby. Yeah, here's some tri tip. Yeah. No, she just said like immediately. She was like, "Oh yeah, I see. Like I see what it is." Oh, but she and I don't remember any writing on the screen. I just remember she knew right away and knew very for certain. Like it, we were our biggest fear was that it was going to be uncertain because like I had a cousin who had a baby like a little bit beforehand, and they said it was a boy, and then came out as a girl. So I think the biggest thing that I was afraid of was any sort of ambiguity. So right away when she she knew. For sure, she's like, oh yeah, I know for sure what it is. Like, it's like, oh okay, thank goodness. Yeah, I remember the eighty percent thing. No. Yes, because they say it's girl. The one eyed snake. I was just happy for you. I think I was more reacting to your reaction than anything, you know, because you were very happy. You immediately cried. It was like, girl. Yeah, it was like that video, remember? Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> all of, <laughs> deep down in my heart, I love you. Yeah. Intervention. Yeah. So you were that was you, and then I was just you know I could sense that how happy you were, and I knew it was a good thing. Yeah. It was good news. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think now, I don't know how you feel now. I mean, I do know. I think we're, I know we're like so happy with our two kids. We're very tired, very busy. Yeah. <laughs> I, have much, I have much respect for people that have more than two and how they handle their lives. Totally. Because like, we don't want any more than two. I miss babies, but. No, you don't. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, no. We're we're good off too. Yeah, we're so exhausted in the night we can barely even do this podcast, you know, on a regular basis. F- e- f- flu or no flu. Right. It's hard to do it. Yeah. So, um So then fast forward a couple months, we were at Avengers Age of Ultron. Oh, yes. I'm and we were, we were watching it. Okay, so Avengers Age of Ultron, I'm uh, to preface this by just giving a couple details about it. So, um, this is the follow-up to Avengers. It's written and directed by Joss Whedon again. He did the first Avengers movie, um, and then he also did this one. So, it's so it's the same filmmaker for both films. He didn't do any of the other ones in, in between, or any of the other ones, but he only did those first two Avengers movies. So, there's a lot of anticipation for this one, because the first Avengers movie was like one and a half billion dollars in the box office. It was a huge phenomenon, so it was like, okay, what's the follow-up going to be? They had never done anything like the first Avengers. Now... There's so much anticipation. How do you even follow up that first movie with this one? It's like the biggest thing of all time. What's the what's the um, you know what's part two going to be? There was a lot of anticipation. Um, there was a lot of just like eagerness to see what it was going to be. I think there was a lot of pressure on the filmmakers to 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 do a good job. And you know, I think the results after the fact are probably a little more mixed than they, than they were about the first one. Um, but, um, I thought all, overall it was a solid effort. We'll talk about, you know, in, in my portion, when I bring in kind of more the detailed review, we'll talk about the hits, the hits and misses. Well, no, we'll talk about the hits and misses more when I jump back in, but first we'll go through, um, Sam's famous synopsis. Yeah. So Avengers age of Ultron, what do you remember? Yeah, you were writing an article for Romper or something. Sorry. Sorry, I One of them. <laughs> um, yes, okay. So I remember there was like an intro scene where like he was like, somebody was riding through the Arctic or something on like a truck or like, no, they were riding, riding like, it started out like a battle scene, right? They were, they were riding like through the forest. They were riding through the forest on, like, dune buggies or something. Wow. Motorcycles. Then there was, like, a, like a fight. And the, all the Avengers came out. Um, what happened next? I'm already like, hmm. Then there was... Then they show, like, uh... 
the dude, it was, it was the dude from Nine and a Half Weeks, uh, uh, whatever his name is, Ultron. Yeah. Ultron is the bad guy in this movie. And he's like all jumbled robot at first, and he comes out and he's like not fully formed for some reason. And he's all spooky. And then there's like a party, I like the, I like the party scene, it's like one of my favorites. Um, they're at a party, and they all try to pull out like Thor's hammer, and, That's it? That's all you remember? I mean, I remember more stuff, but I just need you to pull it out for me because I don't really remember. Okay, well, what'd you think overall? Well, I thought I hated it the first time we watched it before, before the flu, but I feel like this time when I stayed awake better, I kind of enjoyed it. It wasn't that bad. It, like, the, the action sequences are a bit long and mm-hmm. drawn out. Um, but there's some, like, more, like, I like the more nuanced stuff with, like, Thor, or not Thor, um, Hulk and his, like, yeah i think i think you definitely liked it better when you give it a chance when you watch it because you, you yeah the first time we watched it you slept through more than half of it and so that there was probably another good reason why we could should have watched it again rather than not just because of the flu but like we should have watched it again because you barely watched it the first yeah, time the first rewatch, I mean, you you were on the sleep on the couch most of the time, um, but you know this time you were awake, and even though you were distracted because you were writing your article, um, it's so funny you're drinking like a soda out of a like a fast food cup. There's another podcast I listen to um, where somebody does that all the time, and you can always hear them, and it sounds so weird. I just picture someone like getting a big gulp and just like slurping it down. <laughs> no, you can hear it. Trust me. Yes, it's okay. It's all right. It's- <laughs> yeah so um like you said about thor 
because we talked this time during the movie like and and so this a few movies ago i decided that instead of just watching it quietly i was going to engage you in talking during the movie to see if that helped you get more into it and so that's that was kind of my my philosophy on thor i brought it up while we were watching the movie and i said hey watch this like this is where hemsworth really kind of comes into his own as a comedian like this is the first time where they take thor into like just a straight you know not quite farce but but just like really you know off center like humor like acknowledging like that it's funny yeah that it's ridiculous acknowledging that yeah exactly it's ridiculous what he is right. and, and yes and and he does a really good job with the droll humor yeah he's actually funny yeah and i don't think that had really come to light either in any of his other movies before this one this one was like they kind of the show he showcased a little bit that he could do comedy and then of course after this one he went did ghostbusters and he did thor ragnarok and he did a couple other you know comedies where where he was funny so he you know i think it all started in this one So let's go a little bit more in depth in the point for point. Um, so you were right in the very beginning. They start off. They're raiding the last remaining Hydra base. So if you remember in Captain America: The Winter Soldier, they took down Hydra. Hydra was inside of Shield, but they kind of took it all down. And uh, Baron Strucker, he's like the last you know holdout of Hydra. And so the Avengers are raiding his compound in uh, Sokovia, which is a fictional Eastern European country uh and you know the they they're raiding that area and you kind of went into it it is a big fight scene it's it's like it puts it's the kind of scene that puts you to sleep but it's totally like nerd jizz you know for comic book geeks because we're like oh my god all the avengers are fighting and they're teaming up yeah, and you're just like, eh, whatever. Meanwhile, I'm thinking, like, remember when I had all of the Secret Wars three and three quarter inch action figures in 1986? And this is what I would do with them. Um, <laughs> so so that happens. And so while they're raiding, there's collateral damage happening. There's, like, cannons being shot from the castle that they're raiding into town. And I only bring this up because Iron Man says, like, oh, Strucker doesn't care about collateral damage. You know, send in the Iron Legion. And the Iron Legion are like these drone Iron Man guys who fly into the town and and they come down and they're like, you know, back away, civilians. This quadrant is unsafe. Back away. And they're trying to get people to evacuate or whatever. It's James Spader's voice. James Spader is the voice of Ultron. He he does the voice of the Iron Legion in the very beginning. And unless you're paying attention for it, you don't realize it because he's not doing it in the style of Ultron. He's just doing it in like a normal voice. Um, but I thought it was cool. I thought it was a really cool touch that he was the voice all along of the Iron Legion. And that Ultron's voice is just kind of like a a perverted version of the Iron Legion. Not perverted, like sexual perverted, but just like a, a corrupted, it's probably a better word, version of the Iron Legion, um, which is cool. Um, let's see. Oh yeah, we talked about the lullaby. I pointed that out to you a couple times because I wanted to make sure that you remembered that he's that she says to him, "Hey, big guy, sun's getting real low," and it seems like you remembered that. Yeah. Um, we talked about Thor being humorous. Um, you know, there's that talk where he's talking about tales of sprained deltoids and gout. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> that was good when he's when they're like give a report on the Hulk and they're like the gates of hell he's his gates of hell are filled with his vic- cries of his victims and they're like oops and yeah not the dead cries yeah <laughs> yeah um and then it goes from there to you know they take over obviously they take over the the Hydra base um Wanda Maximoff gives Tony a vision I got to bring this up too. I didn't write it down in my notes, but she gives him a vision of like destruction where he sees his worst fear or his worst insecurity and he sees all of his friends killed in front of him and aliens invading Earth, which is total foreshadowing for Avengers Infinity War, which you haven't seen. But in that movie, the chickens come home to roost in that sense where his fears kind of come alive. And the next Avengers movie, which comes out in a couple of months here, uh, is called Avengers Endgame. And there's a point in this movie where he says, that up there, that's the endgame. And and that's the first time endgame is even uttered. Um, so there's a little bit of foreshadowing to years down the road, three years later's uh, movies. And so his fear of the aliens attacking, I don't know if you picked up on this, but the fear of the aliens attacking is why he creates Ultron. He wants to have an artificial intelligence protecting the Earth, so when aliens come to invade, it you know it helps them defend the planet. Okay. Yeah. So uh, let's see. There they they have after they're trying to create Ultron unsuccessfully, they go and have a little Avengers party, which is great. There were so many gags um, in that whole party because you have the War Machine story. You know, where he's like, I took the the tank up to the general's palace and I said, boom, you looking for this? And like the, the Tony and Thor just are, don't care about it. Right. But then he goes and tells the story to a bunch of like normies or whatever. And they're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that was kind of funny. Yeah, Thor and, and Tony, ta- you know, arguing about which one of their significant others is, is the better one. Mm-hmm. And Thor just straight up says, Jane's better. Um, Stan Lee's cameo is in that party as well yeah well he's not drunk but he's like he's he's one of captain america he plays one of captain america's uh, war buddies from world war ii and and says no you know you know thor whatever you're drinking give it to us and stop trying to scare us or whatever and then they give it to him and he gets totally plastered off of it um and then of course the hulk and black widow flirting scenes um Ultron pops up at the end of that after they all try to lift the hammer and and none of them are worthy. Captain America kind of moves the hammer a little bit and Thor gets like scared. And then, uh, yeah. So like all that stuff is like the perfect Whedon stuff. Like the Avengers just like having fun together. Like it's so well written. It's so ex- like fun to see. Like that's the good parts of the movie. There's some parts that are questionable, but that's like unquestionable. Like perfect. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You're a normie. Yeah, <laughs> he did. He created Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Well, he created the movie first, and then the show, and then uh, he did Angel. Uh, he did on Fox. He did um, uh, uh, Firefly, and then the movie Serenity, uh, and then he did a couple other things on TV as well. And he's done some movies, too. But, I mean, his biggest thing... He, he also wrote some comic books. Uh, he wrote some comic book runs of uh, Astonishing X-Men. He wrote some... He wanted the runs of The Runaways. 
Um, and and that's what I think of when I watch this movie. More than anything, it feels like a Joss Whedon comic book. Just the way they transition from scene to scene, just the way a lot of the dialogue is set up. It feels like you're watching a comic book, which can be a good thing or a bad thing. Because I think if it's too comic booky, then the general audience is going to be turned off. And I think part of the places where people got turned off is because it was comic booky. Hmm. But yeah. Um, that's yeah. Ultron shows up. He utters the famous "There are no strings on me" line, where he's quoting the Pinocchio song. There are no strings on me. Yeah. Yes. How could you be worthy? Uh, <laughs> I love his performance of this too. By the way, yeah. like he had just come off of a stint. James Spader had just come off of a stint where he was guest starring in The Office. Remember that? And I feel like, and somebody did a cut of this too, but I feel like he was portraying Ultron as the same as he his character from The Office. Do you remember The Office? Yeah. They got rid of Michael as the boss, and then they had all these other people like audition to be the boss, and eventually he takes over, and he plays this character called Robert California. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he just played Ultron as Robert California. Yeah. And, and there's somebody out there, I'll have to show the video to you, there's somebody out there who took like, Avengers Age of Ultron and like dubbed over all of Ultron's lines with lines from the office that he said is Robert California and it's and it's like better it's it's like legitimately good <laughs> just google Ultron California and you'll find it um, but yeah he he does great I loved his his delivery because like you know it's a crazy robot you know why not make it be like a crazy person you know, rather than just be like, I am Ultron, I am against you. You know, they give it an actual personality, which I thought was cool. Um, I'm just going to skip forward on some of this stuff. Um, you know, they find out that Ultron's trying to get to... Uh, get to they find out that Ultron's trying to get Vibranium which comes from Wakanda. And this is the first time we really hear like Wakanda get dropped, which is where Black Panther is from, um, which is really cool foreshadowing. You have not seen Black Panther yet. We're almost there. We're getting there. No, no, no. We can get there. We're getting there quick. Like we're the next. Yeah, we're, we're going. Yeah, hurry so we can get to Black Panther. Because you want to see Black Panther. You want to see Spider-Man Homecoming. You want to see Infinity War. Right? I don't know about all those. <laughs> I, I do want to see Into the Spider-Verse. Yes. Well, you had a chance to see Into the Spider-Verse. And you saw the Lego Movie 2. I told you to go to Spider-Verse, though. I was in my flu state. And I said... You should go to Spider-Verse. Trust me, it's better. You should go see it. And then you just went to Lego Movie 2. Um, but yeah, let's see Spider-Verse 2. Um, oh, Ulysses Claw. Andy Serkis' character. What would you think about him? Oh, the guy that you said played... Um... Gollum. He was just like a device. He was just like a thing they used so they could get Ultron vibranium. So he, so the, the the story is he stole the vibranium 
from Black Panther in Wakanda. And that comes up later in the Black Panther movie. He's a character in the Black Panther movie. He stole the vibranium from Wakanda, and then Ultron basically, you know, gets it from him. He buys it off of him. Um, but he, so Ultron cuts Claw's arm off. In the comic books, Claw has a, like, a, a sonic arm. So in this movie, he has two arms. And then, boom, you see it cut off, and you're like, oh, that's how he's going to get the Sonic arm. Uh, and then also, there's a scene, too, where the Maximov twins, oh, yeah. Pietro and Wanda, go to uh, intimidate Claw. Mm-hmm. And Claw says something effective, like, you're not you're not good at intimidating people or whatever. This first time you've done this. You want a candy or whatever? And he puts the candy dish down. And then in the middle of like them talking... Pietro with Quicksilver, who's fast, like runs across the room and takes a candy and runs back and puts it in his mouth. Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and then, I don't know why, but that makes me laugh. And I like how Captain America's describing the characters, right? He goes, he goes oh, basically, one's fast and one's stupid, right? Or weird. <laughs> he doesn't say that. Maria Hill says that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. One's fast and one's uh, weird. Yes. But back to Claw's uh, boat... Because, now this, tell me how you feel about this, and I'm going to let you describe it. So, um, Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man are facing off against Ultron and the twins. And then Captain America's like, look, I know you guys have been having trouble or whatever. We're here to help you. And, <laughs> and then Ultron goes, oh, God, Captain America. Like, I I can't literally throw up in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. What did you think of that? Line. You said something really funny the first time we watched it. Well, he says, I don't know if you were just half paying attention, just heard the line, but he says, I literally can't throw up in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, he said, That's my dream. <laughs> I literally can't throw up in my mouth. <laughs> Why is that your dream? Have we talked about that on the podcast before? How many years is it since you've puked? 30 years. 30 years. Is there an anniversary that we should be keeping track of for this? I don't want to celebrate too much because then it's <laughs> But maybe you literally can't throw up in your mouth, in your own mouth. Well, I mean, I have had Bart births, so yeah, I can't. Wait, do Bart births count? Bart, 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 Bart burps. That's a tongue twister. Oh, Junior. Yeah. Um, after that scene, there's a there's a scene where the Hulkbuster comes down. That's like the big giant Iron Man armor. He's fighting against the Hulk because the Hulk has been mind manipulated by Wanda into like just going wild and crazy in South Africa and you know attacking people. That scene, I just wanted to bring it up because that scene is the first scene of any like superhero movies. That I started exposing Dante to. So this movie came out. He was four. Probably maybe a year after this. When he, he was five. Maybe five and a half. I started letting him watch that scene only. I would only let him watch the Hulkbuster Hulk fight scene. And that was kind of the. I don't know. Because I thought it was cool. It was cool effects. And I thought he would like it. And. Well, and also, like, you know, there's no... I don't have to worry about the... 
there's no cursing. I don't have to worry about the adult situations. You know, like when you're going to show a movie to your kid who's four or five, I guess, really. It wasn't really four. It was like five, five and a half. By the time it came out on home video was probably when I was showing it to him. So he was five or five and a half. Like if you're going to show your kid that age something like that, a PG-13 kind of movie, you have to think of it in totality. Like not just, you know oh, is he going to be okay with the violence? But is he going to be okay with the cursing, with the adult situations, with and you know, sexual innuendos? Like, you take it all together and be like, okay, well, he's not old enough to see the whole movie. Right. And he really isn't. And he wasn't at that point. But I could maybe show him a little scene here or there. And he gets excited about it, and he likes it, and he's it's good enough for him. He doesn't have to watch the whole movie. He can just watch a little scene, and then it inspires him to go be creative and play with his action figures. Yes. And now he loves to watch trailers, watch superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Yes, and clips and things. We we actually, though, th- this year was the first year he went and saw a, a superhero movie in the theater. Really? The first time? The first time. And it was, do you remember what it was? We went, We all went together. Josie's too? No, Josie's not old enough. She stayed home. Aquaman. We took him to Aquaman. Well, I'm not asking to say. I mean, you can if you. What do you think of Aquaman? <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the first superhero movie we took Dante to in the theater. Um, he'd seen a few more at home, like I've shown him at home. Yeah. But that was the first one in the theater, like right when it came out. Like I, he's seeing it at the same time I'm seeing it. That means I didn't see it beforehand. Mm-hmm. But I think he's old enough now where we could do that. So he'll go, Captain Marvel comes out this week. We'll probably go see Captain Marvel, and he'll go. But are, but are so you don't want to go? I thought you wanted to go. Oh, I do want to see Captain Marvel, but I, I don't often want to see But do you, so do you want to go to Captain Marvel? Yeah, well, yeah, and our daughter, I think our daughter will be excited, too. Well, she's not old enough to see that. Oh, come on. No, no, no. She's, she's three. Yeah, but she wants to see it. No, no, no. She, no, no, no. I mean, she'll see it at some point, mm-hmm. but she's not going to go with us without any of us having seen it that's ridiculous yeah. all right so after the whole ultron hulkbuster fight they go to the farmhouse and they meet hawkeye's family yeah, like you did like that scene i like everything where there's like real plot like well that whole sequence is a little bit controversial Why? because there's some people that just say i don't want hawkeye to have a family like i don't care about his kids <laughs> you know f your kids like i you know i don't care about your kids i don't care about your wife your wife isn't a real character to me i'm just people who are nerdy and you know yeah exactly but like no some people are just like i don't want to deal with that uh and then also the other thing probably the more substantial thing not just i don't care about his wife and kids uh is so there's a scene where banner is coming out of the shower and uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson's character, Natasha Romanoff, is there and is like, oh, I should have jumped in the shower with you. Yeah, well, so the controversial part of that whole thing is she reveals to Bruce that she has been sterilized as part of her assassin training in Russia. And the thing that caught a bunch of flack for this movie is she says to him, you thought you were the only monster on the team? 
that's how it was interpreted by lots of feminists, especially women who don't want to be defined by their 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 ability to have kids or not. You know, and. Yeah. And you could say like, oh, well, she's not saying she's a monster because she it's on the heels when she says she's a monster. It's on the heels of her explaining how it's easy to kill people. So you could theoretically say you could defend the line by saying she's not calling herself a monster because she can't have kids. She's calling herself a monster because it's easy for her to be an assassin. And that's one of the things that makes it easy for her to be an assassin. But. I wouldn't go I wouldn't say that to defend it because it's very valid the criticism saying like it's it cuz it does it sounds like she's saying she's a monster because she can't have kids in which case you know that's one of the I think the critiques of this film is like well that's not you know how it should be she's throwing herself at this guy the whole time you know giving him all the power and you know and then oh by the way she's depressed um about not being able to have kids, like that is the defining thing about her that, you know. Yeah, that's a good point. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, we talked about this too uh, offline, like while we were watching the movie, because um, Ruffalo says to her, like, I can't have this. I can't have a family. Like, do the math. I literally can't. And we were kind of wondering why he, th- why he says that, mm-hmm. and then and then I explained to you like, it's because every time he tries to have sex, he'll turn it, he'll get too excited and turn into the Hulk. Yeah, that's like a very Josh idea. <laughs> it's not a Josh idea. We didn't watch the Incredible Hulk with the one with Edward Norton, yeah. but there's I if I remember right, it's been years since I've seen it. I think there's a scene in that one where he's like making out with his girlfriend, and he has like a heart monitor on his wrist. And he's looking at it, and when it gets to a certain heartbeat, he stops. Like, he ends the the sex or whatever. Because he's going to turn into the Hulk. But you would have had to see that movie to even think about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> True. But I think that's why he's saying it. The other thing would be, like, maybe he's... Because he had a radioactive accident, that's what turns him into the Hulk. That maybe yeah. he's also sterilized as well. But I think you're supposed to think, like, he, he can't because he gets too excited and then the Hulk comes out. Yeah. Um, let's see. After that, oh, there's, so Thor leaves the team and he goes and finds Eric Selvig, who is a character from the previous Thor movies. And I didn't tell you about this, but when they first meet Selvig, he's walking out from a school. He's like teaching or something at a university, and he walks out with a girl out of the class. And he says, um, he like before he meets Hulk and or before he meets Thor. You can see this in the deleted scenes, but in the movie you don't really notice it. He walks out and he tells the girl he's walking with a college age girl, and he says, "Meet me at seven seven o'clock." Okay, bye. And then he sees Thor and he's like, "Hey, Thor, what's up?" Yeah. In the deleted scenes, he there's like a, um, a whole bunch of like ad libbed things that he says instead of just "Meet me at seven. There's one where he says like, uh, "You know, I'll see you tonight." And bring your swimsuit. <laughs> I think I've seen that. <laughs> Did you see the deleted scenes? <laughs> Sam's taking a selfie of us now. Hopefully that helps you wake up a little bit more. You're not talking. 
Okay. Well, here is a subject that you want to weigh in on. The Maximovs. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Did, you said they kissed? How did you feel about it? Grossed out. Like, aren't they twins? <laughs> like, why is he, like, I don't think twins were around, you know, like that. Like, kissing like that. Like, yeah. It was weird. Well, so here's my explanation for that. Like, this whole series of movies mm-hmm. is based off of, and I've probably said it before, but it's based off of the Ultimate Universe, which was a relaunch of Marvel Comics, like, in the early 2000s, mm-hmm. where they modernized all the characters. Because all these characters were... were you know, were invented in the 60s by Stan Lee. Mm-hmm. Well, in the early 2000s, they reinvented them for a modern time period. So all the characters were done new. Nick Fury, who was previously a white guy, was made black. Mm-hmm. And he looked just like Samuel L. And, um, you know, all the characters... Captain America was given a harder edge. And, um, you know, Iron Man was updated. And, you know, everything was updated. Well, in, the, in that version of... Um, of the comics wanda and pietro were like incestuous kind of like it was yeah it was it wasn't even subtext it was like pretty apparent i don't know and every time it showed them it would they would be cuddling together or just acting you know too intimate so it could well that's not how they are in the, the entire history of the characters just in that ultimate universe kind of narrow you know timeline um and i don't think it was very heavy in this movie so i don't think they were overtly trying to do anything like to say that um but it could be a remnant of the ultimate comics where they were just very outward like awkwardly like close (laughs) it's weird that you picked up on it <laughs> Confused? Kind of. Because, like, why? What's the point, you know? I don't know. I don't think there is a point. It was probably just a nod to the books, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that a couple of, in a couple of instances, Joss Whedon has pulled imagery in the movies from the Ultimates run. Mm-hmm. He's even said on the director's commentary before, like, oh, that looks like a Brian Hitch panel, which is who is the artist on the Ultimates. So I know he's obviously read them all. Um, let's see. So the vision... I wanted to ask you about this. The vision gets created. So Paul Bettany, who had previously played Jarvis, the computer program Jarvis, gets brought to life as a physical person. Played by Paul Bettany. And he shows up and he picks up Thor's hammer. Yeah. Well, it, you know, what do you feel about Jarvis becoming a real person? I don't. Cause I don't really remember this. <laughs> you don't remember because you were asleep, or because no, I, no. I, I, I wasn't asleep. I guess I, just, I don't really remember this. Hmm. At all. Well, he's called the Vision mm-hmm. because Thor says I had a vision, 
and this is him. But then, like, literally five minutes later, the vision goes up to Ultron, and he's like, hey, Ultron, and Ultron's like, oh, my vision. So whose vision was he? Was he Thor's vision or Ultron's vision or both? And it's weird that they would think of something, like, think to call him, they would both think to call him the vision. It makes it makes me think like like they accidentally kept both of those in where it should have been one or the other, but it was somehow weirdly both. <clears throat> um, they also do have the big fight at the end where the Avengers go to take out all the Ultron robots. Sokovia gets lifted up in the air. This is where the final fight is. The city is going to smash down into the earth and kill everybody. So here's one thing they didn't really explain well about Ultron's origin. Like or his motivations, and this is another critic critique of the film, which doesn't really, um, you know, it, it's it's legit. What is Ultron doing? Why is he the way he is? Why does he want to kill everyone? Why did he go rogue? It doesn't really explain it well in the movie, right? I mean, what was what do you why do you think he's bad? Yeah. What do you think about why he went bad? There's a funny meme out there where it says, like, Ultron spent, like, ten minutes on the internet and decided everyone in the world needed to die. <laughs> which is which is pretty funny. Because <laughs> um, that's literally what happens in the movie. He, like, looks at the internet and then he's like, oh, I don't like this. Um, so, I th- the way I interpret it, because I have all the background with comics and other cartoons and other media and stuff, is that Ultron realizes that in order to save the planet which was his duty he the, he has to stop the humans from killing it and the only way to stop the humans from killing the planet is to kill them so that's why he it does make sense but they never say it in the movie like it's never spelled out explicitly where i feel like in this kind of a movie you have to spell it out because if you don't it leaves it ambiguous and you're like what what huh why But even me who is, I still watch it and think, like, why did Ultron turn bad? Like, you know, I don't know. It doesn't really explain. I mean, you can interpret it for yourself however you want, but I think it still needs to say it. Didn't really do a good job of saying that. Um, they have a big fight. War Machine shows up. He's finally going to have a good story. Um, the, the old helicarrier shows up with the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. Um, Iron Man yells, Romanov, you had better, Banner better not be playing hide the zucchini. Yes. Well, no, they aren't anymore at this point because Banner wants to leave. He doesn't want to fight. He wants to leave. And instead of leaving with him, uh, Natasha betrays him, kicks him down a hole, and makes him turn into the Hulk. Yeah, that's the end That's the end of their relationship. Like, it has to be. It has to be. He didn't want, because he didn't want to fight, and she made him against his will. And he has trust issues already. Yeah. So that he can never trust her again. Yeah. That, well, I don't think he was like, nah, I'm good. In the beginning of the movie, he was like, he, he was for it. But I think at that point, at the, I think it was a low point for him in the movie when they were at the farmhouse and he was like, uh, we can't do this. No, he was in the beginning. But at the farmhouse, he's depressed. He's at a low point because he just 
you know, in his mind, he just killed a bunch of people in, yeah. in South Africa and went on a rampage and couldn't control the Hulk. So he, he's feeling defeated. Like, so he's not in a mood to be romantic because right. he feels like he's cursed. You know, he, he can't do anything right for any, he just needs to be away from everyone or else he's going to kill people. And, and so that's his mindset. He, he's, he's thinking like, I can't be around anyone or I'm going to kill people and I don't want to kill people. And then the one person you think about taking with you on that journey away from everyone kicks you down a mine shaft <laughs> so you can go kill people. Um, Yeah. Um, at the end of the fight, Ultron is getting beat down, but he steals a jet and he shoots a machine gun from the Quinjet at Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. And then Pietro runs and pushes a car up in front of Hawkeye so the bullets don't hit the, him and the little kid he's trying to save. But in the process, he gets shot up with bullets and dies. And says, you didn't see that coming. Which is a callback to like two or three other times in the movie where he said you didn't see that coming. Mm-hmm. What did you think of that twist? I don't remember that twist. <laughs> I think at the end that was when I was looking down. Yeah, you were full on into your article. Writing, and also I was just like, mm, I'm over this like whole, it got really action-y. Mm-hmm. I, I just tend to tune out when the action starts. Yeah. I never break down the action and draw any conclusions from it. I'm just like, mm-hmm. Well, the vision flies in. Well, the two things about the vision at the end: the the Ultron robots try to leave the city as the Avengers are taking it back over, and uh, Rhodey starts shooting them down. And the vision flies up, and as Rhodey's like, they, Rhodey doesn't know who the vision is. He starts shooting the robots down. The vision comes up. He flies. He starts phasing through robots and like ripping them apart and like flying with his big yellow cape. And Rhodey's like, "Okay, what?" When he sees that and he even says, okay, what? That okay, what? I only bring it up because it's one of my favorite gifts to use all, all the time. No, it's not the what woman. It's Rhodey saying, okay, what? When he sees the vision because he's like, well, who's this Who's this guy? What's going on? Oh, no, no. I use it on Twitter all the time. Like, okay, what? Anytime I see anything that's confusing or like, or that, or that like, anything that I look at and I'm, and I'm, and I think like, why are people this way? That's what I use. Um, but and then the other thing Vision flies around and does is he saves Wanda as the city is collapsing down back to the Earth. Vision flies in and saves Wanda. That is the beginnings of their romance. Um, they get married in the comic books. Uh, they even have kids. <laughs> um, Hulk then flies off in the Quinjet. This is at the very end. They've defeated Ultron. He flies off in the Quinjet, and yeah, what did you think of that? I thought like, oh, he's able to control himself, you know, he's controlling the jet, and he's making a conscious decision, so he has more control over himself than I thought. And he goes away from everyone. Yeah, I think he'll be back. Yeah, well, where do you think he's going? But she at right no, she's he's not going back to her. He's no, going. Not right now. I don't know where he's going. He'll hide somewhere. I don't know. Okay. Where's he going? I don't know. Well, we've reached the end, the end of the story. You are about ready to fall asleep, like today, right now. 
So we should probably wrap it up. Where are we at on this thing? Uh, about an hour 16. Guess we shouldn't have watched that half an hour of TV after the kids went to bed. Um, <laughs> well, what do you want to say about it? Let's wrap it up. Wrap it up. What do you want to say about Avengers Age of Ultron? What's your final review? Mm-hmm. I enjoy the like, like I said, the relationship aspect. I like the party. I like the the like character development. I like the humor. So all that is good for me. I don't enjoy action sequences very much, especially this one had a lot of long, drawn out action. Mm-hmm. I can second that. There's a lot of action in this one, and that's what I mean. I probably buy comic booky, not just you know the story being comic booky and the, the dialogue, but also the action. It was definitely built for people like me, I think. I think there was a lot of care put into how are the the fans going to enjoy this. Yes. Um, and then also there was a couple of things where you could tell they either didn't put enough care or time into or just ran out of real estate. They ran out of screen time to really make them make sense. Yes. And so in the end, that's why I think this this movie's kind of like mixed. People feel like it's not as good uh, as the others. I think it's still pretty dang good. Like it's it's a pretty good, enjoyable movie if you're a fan. I can see how if you're not a big fan, you just think like, eh, whatever. No, I can't see how you'd think. I don't know what happened. I mean, I know how you do that, but I think if you're a casual person who likes to go to these movies, but you're just not a you know, you you don't have all the depth of the comic books and uh, the backstory, and like you're not a super geek like you know like me. Yeah. But you like the movies. I could see how you could look at this one and go like, this isn't as good as some of the other ones because you know there's the Black Widow thing, you know the mo- I'm the monster on the team thing. There's the Ultron's motivations thing. You know, um, you know some of the other critiques they're valid, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, it still makes me feel nostalgic for my my little action figures when i was a kid uh and then just seeing kind of the characters on screen you know all of them anytime you get a whole group of people together like that it's exciting for me so no the avengers was the first one by 2012 that was the first one but they but then this one but this one you know bring back brought back all of the characters from the first avengers and they added in a few more they added a Wanda, Wanda and Pietro, the twins, and they added Ultron. And they added a couple other villains like Claw and like Baron Strucker. Like these are all people from the comic books. So just adding, you know, more characters in was cool. So I enjoyed that aspect of it. So next time, Ant Man. Have you seen it before? You've never seen it? Oh wow! Okay. I thought you had, but maybe not. <laughs> okay. Well, until then, and we'll try to make it soon. Thanks for hanging out with us. Do you want to give your social medias and things? And follow me on Walking Outside and Slippers. I'm on Facebook, Walking Outside on Twitter, and I'm on Instagram, Walking underscore Outside with two Ds. Yes, and I am at JD Scroggin on Twitter. Uh, contributor for Super Bro Movies. Stay tuned for more on that as far as, um, you know, what's coming up from from that uh, channel. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Avengers Age of Ultron. And I had a date. <laughs> <laughs>